Welcome to Tiff Talks Podcast. I am so excited for this episode. I have Miss Lane Van Liesau, and she's going to kill me if I just butchered her name wrong. <laughs> I did it good. Did I do it good? We did it good. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm so excited, you guys. I have Miss Lane here. She is a board certified nurse practitioner and founder of LV Wellness. Years ago, she started working in the traditional medical system, and while that is absolutely a necessary service in some circumstances, it often overlooks many aspects of true health. She has met many people in both her professional and personal life who are just not thriving or feeling well, and this ultimately led her to become passionate in about functional medicine. This helps us get to the root cause and the real root cause of health issues and helps you truly understand what needs to be done to prevent or mitigate disease because she believes that how we can truly help others heal is really the way to a greater purpose here on earth. Well, I'm so excited, Miss Lane. I'm going to go ahead and have you share the rest of your story. It's absolutely beautiful. Welcome to TIFF Talks. And I would love for you to just go pick up right where I left off. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And just like you said, I've been working as a nurse practitioner. It's actually a little over three years now. And I'm also a functional medicine health consultant. And really what led me to, to do this was my own personal health struggles and also people in my life. But I was going through a period of time where I was you know, struggling with like burnout, fatigue, high stress, brain fog, insomnia, all these things and knew that I needed help. And I just started realizing that there were some holes in our current medical model. And there were just some areas that weren't really like serving people to the best of their ability and how we really need. So I started my formal training in functional medicine, and now I get to help clients overcome their health struggles too. And we, it's all about getting to the root cause of symptoms or the disease processes, because that's how we really rebalance everything. And we can set your body up for that resiliency, that resilient health that we all strive for. I love that. And so with your background, what really had you, because I I do have, you know, a lot of nurse colleagues, friends where they just have gotten burnt out with the medical system and how, you know, they were basically putting band-aids on people and knowing doing, you know, protocols that were just wrong and they would have to go home with that feeling. So with you being in that field, did you feel that same, that same feeling that most nurses feel? And then you're like, there has to be another way, right? 100% felt that way. And like we kind of touched on, like, of course, medication can have a purpose. It can be very necessary in certain situations, but it's so hard to like, there's not a one size fits all plan. And it's really important to consider the whole person, everything they've been through and really come up with something specifically for them. And just putting a medication is not the answer. You have to take into into consideration lifestyle factors and in nurse, nurse, nursing school, nurse practitioner school, we are taught, you know, about lifestyle modifications and counseling, but it barely scratches the surface with what people really need as far as coaching in that aspect. And so definitely feel like a lot of our traditional care is very heavy on the the band-aids and not digging deeper. So what have you done specifically to change that narrative in the health space? Well, it's tricky, but I try to incorporate it within, so I'm still working at the hospital only for one more week, actually, that I'm doing full-time functional medicine. So we're, we're at the, Congratulations. 
Thank you. So excited. Um, I try to infiltrate the system a little bit with the functional medicine approach, with doing that counseling and uh, listening really is big with, with pa patients and hearing their story and starting to connect dots and help them to see where they might can make some positive changes. And so it's a lot of conversation and counseling, but you can still only do so much. I feel like in the hospital setting or the office setting, because you are limited on time. And also you one little visit with a patient can't really make lasting changes. You can certainly uh, influence them and inspire them to make changes, but really helping to like ensure that they're continuing to progress is, is where like working with them for a longer period of time would really be helpful. That's, I'm glad that you scratched on that because let me just tell you how many people that I personally worked with where they, they really want a solution. However, they will still do whatever it, you know, it takes on the Western medicine side. Like you said, there's definitely some things that you absolutely, like I am someone who has to take medication for my thyroid. I've tried everything under the sun when it comes to my thyroid, it would just never convert into my T3, which is my metabolism thyroid paneling guys, if that, if you're trying to figure out what that is, um, but I would have to, I would, I was only taking T4 and then I realized that my T3 wasn't picking up. So that's when I've tried every natural thing under the sun. I, I mean, for 13 years, I struggled <laughs> trying to eat properly and it just wasn't converting. So I had to take medication. Um, with people that are so like, okay, I am not doing the natural route. I feel like I have to take medicine. However, you, you know, with your accreditation, your licensing, your background, you're like, man, if you just switch these two things, you would not even have to be on medication for the rest of your life. Do you, do you find that that's like a really challenging topic to get, to see people get out of that space? It can be challenging for sure. I mean, we live in a society where quick fixes are glorified and so many people just want the band-aid. They're fine. They're fine with being on 20 medications, but a lot of people aren't. We're not okay with that. We're okay for the necess the ones we need, but if it's something that we can control and we can improve on our own from a natural perspective. Uh, aspect, then a lot of people are on board with that, but it is tricky. Um, you kind of just have to meet people where they are. And that's really what I kind of preach with my clients is if, if I want you or suggest you to do one thing in, in your lifestyle or diet, and that does not align with you, then we're not doing it. You know, you know, that's okay. We can, we have plenty of other things we can work through. If that's something that's important to you something that you're not, you do not want to change. And so it's all about meeting people where they are. What are they willing? Cause any little steps in the right direction is still progress. Oh, a hundred percent. The, the biggest thing that I really want to touch on is the effects of how nutrition really plays a role into all of this. And especially into your mental health. I always tell people, if you're if your wellness is off, your nutrition is off, believe it, your nutrition is, I'm sorry, your uh, mental health is going to be off. And that's where stress and anxiety comes up. And I get a lot of that. And especially uh, the women that I work with, with hormonal deficiencies and where they're at. And a lot of the times it's just stress-based and it's just harboring in their gut. Right. And I really want to talk about one of the topics you and I spoke about, which was the effects of stress on our gut and our hormone health. And I would really love for you to uh, speak on that. Absolutely. So gut health is kind of a hot topic over the past few years, but it is critical to our overall health. And just to kind of speak on the role that stress plays in our gut health. So we have two different nervous system modes. We have our parasympathetic mode. That's where we rest and digest. And then we have our sympathetic mode, which is fight or flight. 
when we're in the sympathetic state, this is when our body has to prioritize only the necessary functions for immediate survival. And unfortunately, our gut is not on that list. It gets put on the back burner, which is fine for short term, but it's not for long term. We start to see uh, consequences if, if the gut is neglected for too long. And so stress impacts the gut by one, reducing stomach acid levels. It also reduces the ability for us to digest food. And therefore our nutrient absorption is going to become impaired as well. It can also affect, you know, how we have like natural bacteria in our gut. It can affect the balance of that. When that happens, you can have other bugs kind of start to overgrow in the gut. You can have microbial overgrowth in the GI system. This can cause all sorts of gut issues like bloating, IBS symptoms, stomach pain. And it also makes us more susceptible to illnesses and infections because our gut health is so closely tied to our immune system too. And so all of these things really lead to inflammation in the gut and then subsequently can have inflammation elsewhere. Oh my goodness, you guys, we're gonna, this is gonna be a great podcast. We're gonna dive deep into this. Yeah. I'm like, let's go. Okay. So this you're speaking my language sister. So as far as everything that you had mentioned, what is a protocol that you would put onto someone, for example, looking to at least start somewhere with their gut health? Some of it is super foundational. You have to start with the basics because you can do all the fancy things, but if you don't have the basics down, then the fancy things aren't going to work. And so it all, it starts with Um, like eating hygiene is what we call it. So how quickly are you eating? You've got to slow it down, chew your food thoroughly um, and don't be eating in a stressed state. So I, I used, everybody's been guilty of this. I'm sure before, but like driving in traffic and eating a meal, sometimes it just happens, but really try to make eating a ritual, something that you can relax in because that's how your body is going to best process everything. If your brain knows you're safe, it's going to prioritize digestion. Uh, So it starts with basics like that. Also, um, another thing I didn't know for a long time was you shouldn't really be drinking large amounts of fluid with meals because that can dilute your stomach acid. Therefore your nutrients don't get absorbed. So stick to maybe four to six ounces of fluid with meals and then drink the bulk of your water in between. And then, so as far as other protocols, so once we've got the foundation started and we're working on stress management and triggering our parasympathetic nervous system, we uh, often do um, functional testing, which might include a stool test for some people. So if we really suspect that there are overgrowths uh, in the gut or uh, a lot of inflammation, we can kind of get confirmation on that test and see exactly what we should target for a supplement protocol. And so that's, that's always involved as well. Gotcha. That, these are great tips, especially I, I am definitely guilty of rushing out of the door and having to eat my food in the car and it's not good. It's so not good. But then again, that's where you get to take a look at your lifestyle and say, okay, where do I need to slow down? Where do I need to give myself a little bit more time? Right. So I, I can totally relate to that one for sure. Um, and now the water. So, you know, what's crazy is I don't think people realize the effect of having too much fluids in between meals. Like you said, you don't absorb the nutrients correctly, but then you're also putting holes in between those meals where you can get gas, bloating, things like that. Believe it or not, even just with water, I learned that, gosh, I think just a few years ago. And I don't know how you, how you, your beliefs are in this too, but our digestion is somewhat of a conveyor belt, right? Like if we load the body with proteins and fats right out of the gate, 
that's where you can kind of have some sluggish reactions to your digestion. Would you also agree that you want to eat your lightest foods first? Like whether that's like a salad, you want to eat the leaves first to get your digestion moving and then start with your proteins, or you can do your carbs and proteins. Do you believe that method as well? So one method I've learned of more recently is, is eating in a certain order. So yes, to an extent, what I've heard mostly is you want to eat veggies, veggies first or leafy greens like salads, completely fine to eat that first because that's getting the fiber. And then next eat your proteins and fats and save your carbs for last. That way you're not having a glucose spike, which is often the culprit of having like a crash after a meal or like a mid-afternoon crash is because your sugar shot up too much and then it's going to fall down just as quickly as it shot up. And so um, eating in a certain order with the focusing on the fiber and then the protein first can help extend that glucose spike so that you're not getting the crazy ups and downs. And that's like huge in mental health as well. Yeah. It's so crazy. Just by making that small little switch, like you said, mental health is key. And I'm really going to be focusing on mental health this month. So I'm glad we're having this, this conversation now, because like you said, like even down to the way that you eat your food has, is a basically a contribution to your mental health, which is crazy. So very cool. Like we both recently learned this, you know, the last few years. So that's really cool that you're on the same page. So I, I want to talk about some tips for setting our bodies up for stress resilience. I know that's something that you hit on too. So I love your tips for this. Yeah. So, you know, stress impacts our hormones really because it starts with the release of cortisol, which is our main stress hormone, which again is good for short-term only. But then when you have this chronic stress and you don't flip back into the parasympathetic, you know, rest and digest mode, that cortisol stays elevated. And that's when it affects all of our other hormones, including our thyroid. So that's when you can start to see dysfunction in other organ systems. And, you know, your metabolism gets affected because your body may feel like it needs to hold on to these calories because it doesn't know when it's going to get a meal again, because in our brain doesn't know the difference or are we running for our life or are we just stressed because we have a big day tomorrow or something. And so it's really like a cascade of events. Um, they're all connected and they can all like further perpetuate each other. And it's pretty easy to start to see where things kind of spiral and you can therefore have more and more issues. And so you really want to get in front of it, stop the process as early as possible so that you can flip back into that parasympathetic state. That's going to help you optimize your health, have that stress resiliency, and then be able to bounce back, you know, more quickly handle life's natural ebbs and flows. And so some of the top things I always talk about is how to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So we have a vagus nerve. This runs from our stomach to our brain or our gut to our brain. And that is what communicates to our brain the status of our world, whether we're safe or whether we're not safe. And we want to tell our brain that we're safe. So we want to activate this nerve and therefore our parasympathetic nervous system by deep breathing exercises. It's so simple and you can really just takes a couple minutes, you know, maybe one or two times a day. Like I love to do it once in the morning, like before or after breakfast or towards the end of the day, like showering or laying in bed or anytime you just feel like overwhelm is starting to set in. This is going to help with tissue repair. It's going to help with your digestion. Therefore your absorption of nutrients. Um, it's going to help you have like a stronger, more regulated immune system. And all of these things are going to help you overcome times of stress too. I also love to tell people to get out in the sunshine, be in nature, laugh, talk to people you love and just have that community. And 
you always want to fuel your body to the best of your ability with the food that's going to support your nervous system as well, which we can go into. Let's go into it. <laughs> Let's talk about food. Let's go into that part next. I love it. Yeah. So you want to not only prevent stress, but also like manage our stress response. And we know that there are certain foods that can help with that. And it all kind of stems back to inflammation and certain foods promote inflammation and then some help reduce it. And basically more inflammation means more stress. And that's both on a physiological level, but also mental stress. And so I always try to focus on and have my clients focus on whole foods. So as natural form as possible from, you know, compared to when they got pulled from the ground or wherever they came from as minimally processed as possible, because that processing actually takes away a lot of the nutrients sometimes. And, um, foods high in antioxidants, a variety of phytonutrients, which are nutrients that come from plants. These are going to reduce inflammation and it all starts in the gut. And we are feeding that good bacterial balance. That's going to help with other areas of our health uh, as we're bringing on, you know, more nutrients that are needed for good hormone function and needed for detoxification. I love berries, especially like wild blueberries um, and just eating a variety of plant foods. So trying to get different colors on your plate. I personally aim for five or more plants with every meal. I love this. Now the big topic when it comes to food is gluten or no gluten. <laughs> I'm a no gluten advocate. I was actually diagnosed with celiac disease after one of my competitions. Um, and I just known right then and there, I was ruining my gut. And when I was diagnosed with that, I've been able to really manage it over the years, but it is, I'm a new mom, right? And I know what gluten does inside of our body. And I've studied it for years because I've had to live with this for years. And my husband thinks I'm crazy, but I really want to try to do no gluten with my baby because I know what it does from inflammation, from cognitive. There's just, we don't have the same gluten here as we do let's just say out of the States, right? I feel like I've been able to have gluten in the UK, absolutely fine. You know, it, Europe, it's just the way that they don't process their food versus feeding the herd here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I know like some of y'all might think I'm crazy when my three-year-old or when he turns three, uh, he goes to a birthday party and I'm like, do they have gluten-free pizza? Like, yeah, he might be that kid, but he's also going to be that kid that might, you know what I mean? Have more benefits when it comes to gut health, but he's also, I had an emergency C-section. He also didn't get those great microbes through mommy's canal, you know? And that for me was like a really big deal. I've done a lot of research in this. And so I've been trying to, I have been not trying to, I have been building his gut up through probiotics. You know, I know my, my milk is great. I, I avoid gluten at all costs. So that way he's getting those, you know, non-inflammation marking foods. So what is your thoughts on that? And also, you know, for children, infants, I don't know if you specifically have worked with infants as well in this space, but uh, what is your thought process on the, the gluten issue? So for, I had a feeling you're going to ask me this for some reason. So um, <laughs> I don't work with infants. So I mainly just work with adults. 18 and up is pretty much where all of my training is. Um, but a lot of the same things can be applied to young children as well. So I have come to learn over the past couple of years, the negative consequences of gluten as well. I used to, you know, think it was silly to avoid gluten, didn't understand unless you had like celiacs, you know, that's, of course you need to avoid gluten with that. But then, you know, all the rage came with like, well, gluten's so bad. And I was not on board for a while. I was like, I'm still eating bread and like, whatever. And then 
I've learned more and more over the years how gluten really does impact your gut health with that inflammatory process. And it is extremely inflammatory and people can develop gluten sensitivities or intolerances even in the absence of celiacs. And so there's a spectrum on which you can fall. And it doesn't mean that you're allergic, but you might have a food sensitivity. And that has a lot of health implications, actually. It can lead to what's called leaky gut, which is formally called enhanced intestinal permeability. And basically, when you have an inflammatory process in the gut, the lining of your gut can become more leaky and because it gets damaged from the inflammation. And when that happens, you have these food byproducts or byproducts from your microbes they can leach out of the gut into the systemic body. And that's where we run into a lot of trouble with autoimmunity, um, other food sensitivities, because your body's seeing this foreign substance that should be in the gut. They're, it's finding it in other places where it shouldn't be and it's attacking it, trying to get rid of it. And unfortunately our tissues kind of fall in the line of fire with that. So um, an example is hypothyroidism, autoimmune hypothyroidism. The, the thyroid gets attacked by the immune, immune response because of some foreign invader. It, I don't believe that the body's attacking its own tissue. I believe it's attacking a foreign invader in the tissue. She is my BFF, you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have been preaching this for years. So yes, I, I love it all. I actually have hypothyroidism. So for me, those two just make sense, right? Okay. It does make sense why I have celiac disease as well, because my body is basically attacking itself when I am eating those types of foods. I mean, I've had such a bad, it's weird because I know there's so many different strains of gluten, but there, there might be one where I accidentally have something and I'm okay. But like I had pasta noodles and I thought it was my gluten-free noodles and I look like hitch, like Will Smith and hitch. So it was, my husband was like, okay, like I believe you now <laughs> it only took him five years, but he believes me now. <laughs> So yeah, it's very, very important. I I'm so grateful that you, and yeah, a lot of people are like, okay, you know, gluten, even organic sources and whatnot. It's just it, the way that it processes by the time it gets to you, it's just so different, right? It's not like you're out in the field getting it and then making the bread in your own kitchen. You just don't know. And that's just the reality of it. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Um, now going into the roles of certain foods, during times of stress in regards to inflammation, I want you to also talk about that. Yeah, so in addition to the certain berries and other like vegetables and getting the antioxidants from there, you also want a good healthy fat diet. So a lot of omega-3s, omega-3s are critical for every single cell in our body, especially our brain and nervous system, because these help reduce inflammation, including inflammation in the brain. So if you think about, you know, if you have inflammation in the brain, you're not gonna be able to think clearly, you're not gonna have like good mental health. So if you can reduce that, you're gonna feel so much better. So eating foods like avocados, walnuts, other nuts like pecans, chia seeds, dark leafy greens are a good source. And then certain fish like salmon or sardines. Um, and then high quality protein is really important too, because of all the amino acids that come in it. And if you are a, a meat eater, I know not everybody is, but if you are a meat eater, you want to focus on good quality meat. So wild caught seafood, the free range chicken, the grass fed, you know, no antibiotics, no hormone meats and all of that, because not only are those foods better because they have higher omega threes, but they also are more nutrient dense. And that's therefore going to help counter inflammation. 
And I love a good, you know, high quality protein powder as a supplement too. Um, you do want to focus on whole foods again, as much as possible, but sometimes you do need a little supplement. And I really found that getting enough protein along with the plant nutrients and the healthy fats is just, is so good for my mental health and being able to concentrate, you have better energy, better moods. And I just love using food as medicine as much as possible. We're totally geeking out right now. And I love it. <laughs> I love this so much. And I am just so on board with this because of the fact that if you have protein synthesis, you are going to have stabilizing blood sugar, right? So that's going to, when your blood, basically when your blood sugar is stable, everything else is stable. Like you said, mental health, your gut is happy. You're not in fight or flight mode. Right. And this is, you know, layman's terms, guys, I'm going to definitely get into this part. When you guys are eating consistently every two and a half to three hours, it does not have to be like competition style types of foods. Like she had mentioned a high quality protein supplement is key because who wants to eat six times a day? That sounds exhausting, right? Especially if I, especially because Miss Lane just said, I have to sit down and eat it calmly. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so that's where I'm like, you know, getting in those, those protein meals in between is so, so key. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you had mentioned, you know, grass-fed meats, organic meats, a hundred percent. What I have found during a time like now, unfortunately they are in infl inflammation. I got inflammation stuck in my brain. Inflation, <laughs> inflation, inflammation, inflation, same thing. Everything's going up. Right. Okay. So what would you recommend to someone that may not be able to financially afford high quality meats? What would be a second option for someone that, you know, does want to stay in the healthy routine of things to help with inflammation and getting good quality meats, but you know, that 499 versus 899 really does make or break a difference in a household. Yeah. You know, and that is going to happen, especially with inflation. Like sometimes you have to compromise and you still, I would focus on whole foods. If you don't have access to maybe organic or grass-fed, whatever, still just get the plain meat over something more processed. So I still feel that although it might not be the best of the best, it's still better than so many other things. So I would say, just do what you can do, what you have available and what you can financially afford and know that you know, maybe there's some, some places where you can cut costs and in, in certain things to make more room for better options. I love this. It's just, it's, it's nice to hear, you know, there are other options for people because that's one of the biggest things that I hear people say is, you know, it's too expensive for this. It's too expensive for this, but then there are actual stories where they, you know, they can't afford it, but then there's some people that are choosing different, <laughs> like we'll go and have a $200 dinner, but I'm not going to pay $200 a month for proper supplementation. So it's like, you know, if we're going to keep it real here, this is where we're like, okay, we'll pick and choose your health. Like if you, if that's what you think is most important. And that's what I really want to, you know, preach to people is health is wealth at the end of the day. And it, it's very clear from a mental aspect to overall quality of life. Like what you put inside of your body is ultimately going to be your environment. Um, so I, I love that you're going over all of this. Uh, so when someone comes to see you, and, you know, they are expressing to you, like, for example, let's just say someone comes to you and it's a woman, she's, she, her hormones are all over the place and, you know, she's doing all of the right things. What is a protocol that you immediately start right out of the gate to help someone in that space? Or what, what can some people start doing right now at home prior to seeing a professional like you? 
So it kind of goes back to foundations again. Are you prioritizing your parasympathetic state, doing your best to manage stress? Because stress is not avoidable. We all have stress, but it's, can we, can we change our perspective to it? So actually a quote I like to say to myself and to clients is if you can't change it, can you change your perspective? So of course there's tons of things out of our control, but if we can kind of flip our mindset on it, it might really help, you know, make those thoughts and worries kind of settle down a little bit. So stress management is really important. Finding joy, of course, um, is also going to help your stress, prioritizing sleep. Um, and then toxins are also really big in hormone health. So you want to clean up your everyday toxin exposure. So what are you putting on your body, personal care, beauty care, you really have to pay attention to the things that are in our products, because they are, is not very well regulated. And unfortunately there's a lot of toxins in our typical makeup and lotions and shampoos and everything. And it's super inconvenient to have to switch all those things, but it's also really important if you have hormone imbalances and finding better quality brands. Um, you also think of toxins in water. So you want to filter your water. You want to open your windows to filter your house out, let those toxins out. Cause there's going to be accumulation of those regardless too, no matter how much you clean or anything like that. So getting fresh air, water, sunshine, you know, some of the basic life stuff, but also taking into consideration where you can minimize toxic load. I love that. So what makeup do you use? <laughs> I'll be honest, not all of them are non-toxic because sometimes you just want like good, good stuff, but it's, it's all about like, what are you doing 90% of the time? Yeah. And I think makes the biggest difference. I love beauty counter and Ilya are, and Jane Iredell is pretty good too. Um, there's an, there's an app you can download. Anyone can download these on your phone. It's think dirty shop clean, and you can scan barcodes of beauty care, personal care, and it'll pop up with like a score and it'll tell you what stands out in that ingredient list that it thinks is could be potentially harmful. And it's, it's a really good like educational tool and just yeah. kind of eye-opening to see like what you might've thought was pretty good, but it's actually not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I was asking because I personally use Jane Iredell. I use Lyra as well for my facial products and then also their BB tint concealer and foundation. Um, and then shampoos. That's a huge topic right now. Mm-hmm. Some people might not have been honest with, with their shampoo line and a lot of people are using this. So I'm curious, what shampoos do you use? I have been using one from Pure Haven recently. They have got, I don't, I forget what the actual one's called, but it's in a green bottle and I've really liked it so far. Your hair is so shiny after, and I have like really like fine hair. So I'm really picky with shampoos, but so far I've been using it for several weeks and like it. Um, I've, I've heard beauty counters is pretty good as well, but I have not tried that one myself. Okay. This is good because I do have a lot of women listeners. So I want to be able to help them in that space. Um, and then water. So we recently did a study at home. (laughs) My husband, actually, we did a pH level of our tap water and it's in Vegas water. So it's like not the best, but it was actually reading 8.5 pH zero chlorine, but obviously there's stuff in our water. We know there is right. And then also we were, uh, researching bottled water and actually how much plastic we get inside of our bodies just by drinking through a bottle of water, which is one of the highest concerns, in my opinion, that it's kind of like a scam. If you think about it, bottled water is not what it's all hacked out to be. So 
what is your recommendation on water? Um, I know probably one thing you might say is, you know, putting it in a glass bottle, but what do you use specifically for water? So I use the Berkey water filter. It's a stainless steel filter and it has internal filters. It's a countertop one and it's pretty simple. I mean, it, it was, it took some getting used to cause you're used to just like going to the fridge, pouring it, never having to refill anything. Yeah. But I, now that's just, I don't know. I have a taste for it now. It's like my favorite water and I do replace the minerals cause it can actually filter out the minerals too. So you want minerals. You don't want just like plain water. So I love that one. I've heard of the zero water filter being pretty good. Although I have not tried it myself or seen like testing from it. Uh, but zero water filter reverse osmosis has a lot of, you know, support behind it too. And I'm so glad you brought up the plastic bottle thing because plastic is another huge thing to consider when you're looking at hormone health too, because of BPA and other plastic byproducts, we consume them. We even just by touching them, it can be absorbed in our skin and BPA, for example, is it mimics estrogen in the body. It can actually bind to our estrogen receptors throw our natural estrogen off, throw our progesterone off, and then it messes with that balance. So that's when people have a lot of other hormonal symptoms too. So always looking at the products that you're putting on and in your body. And even like, like the water bottles, things you wouldn't consider being harmful. It's just kind of opening your mind up a little bit to that and thinking where else could I improve, improve these things. And yes, love the glass water bottle or stainless steel water bottle idea. That is always a great thing. Thank you so much for tapping on that. Cause I didn't even know, realize just by touching it, that it does leak into the system. That's pretty crazy. As I'm like slowly pulling my water bottle <laughs> under, under my desk right now. And you but know, what? we've been you know talking what? about this at home. Like, what can we do? You know? And unfortunately we have a ton of water bottles that we're getting through, but as soon as we're done, like we're looking into a system and you know, reverse osmosis, it's great. But like you said, it does strip our minerals. So what do you use for minerals? for your water specifically? I actually order them from Amazon. They just come in this little bottle. It's called trace minerals. Um, oh, it's in a okay. bottle. I forget what brand it is, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes guys. I can't think of it at the top tip of my tongue either, but maybe it's my water bottle. That's messing with my brain. Fog. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love this so much. I can talk to you for hours. This is so cool. So the Berkey, I'm definitely looking into you guys. We'll link that for you guys too. What? So I'm going to go off topic here. So I'm going to do three questions for you and I haven't done this in a very long time, but what is your number one thing that you absolutely love to do and you do for fun? Like what is a fun thing that you do? Oh goodness. <laughs> I love just being outside. I feel like I'm such a sucker for a view that I will I love to go hiking. And even if it's like so hard and like your body hurts, you just want to like lay down. Once you get to the top, it's like all worth it. And you just take in, take in the views. We live pretty close to some smaller mountain ranges. And so just getting to see all of the nature and the earth and everything is just so cool to me. So I just love being outside, even just if it's sitting in my grass, honestly, for 30 minutes. No, I love that. And I recently just decided, like realized how great the outdoors is, you know, I, I, with everything going on, you know, I kind of like isolated myself with the baby between COVID going rampant to, you know, the next thing and the next thing. So we finally, within the last few months have been able to go outside because the weather has gotten nice. 
um, and sunshine, what it does to you, my goodness, and just to sit there and breathe, you know, some fresh air. So I love that you said that. Now, with that being said, what is your biggest fear? Probably being kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly. Seriously. I mean, gosh, who wants to be freaking abducted? I get that. <laughs> I think I watched too many movies as a kid and my, you know, the ones that like your parents are like, you shouldn't be watching this, but you'd like, whatever. I'm, I'm sure I can watch whatever and not be scared. And now here I am like always looking behind my shoulder and I don't know, that's just some of the worst fears is like being taken. <laughs> no, it's scary. It's a, it's a thing right now. You know, like our world is crazy and it's upside down. You do have to look over your shoulder and that's, that's the reality of things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to put a damper on the mood there. Uh, no, but after the podcast, we'll talk about CCW courses and <laughs> we've got your back, right? Yes. yes. Uh, no. So what we'll, uh, what we'll do now is the last question. What would you say is your number one treat meal? Treat meal cookout milkshakes. Do y'all have cookouts there? Oh, okay. So it's like a a drive-in, like a fast food joint and they have like 30 different milkshake flavors and it's all like candies, chocolates, cookies, like whatever. And it is so good. It's like the best (laughs) ice cream. And then the, it's just uh, the best dessert ever. We actually like cheated just a few weeks ago with this and don't regret it at all. (laughs) uh, That sounds so good. Uh, Especially here in Vegas because it's so hot. That sounds so good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I definitely want to have you on again. I want to talk about hormones. Um, I don't know if you work specifically with any postpartum. We do have a lot of women that have been tuning in for postpartum tips and tricks. So I'd love to uh, talk to you about that. Um, Do you? Uh, you know, I work with any, anyone really in their, especially women in their twenties, thirties, forties. So postpartum or not, certainly, cause you know, your hormones have to be rebalanced and so many other things can be affected by that. And so all about getting everything kind of back in line and optimized in your body. So you can feel like yourself again and be able to live life the way you want. It's so important. Wait a second. We might need to, uh, talk about this now. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm fine. Postpartum. I might have a few things that I would like to talk about. (laughs) Well, I will tell you that, um, postpartum has been something that it's like one day you're up one day you're down. And for me, I've had to actually take a piece. So I take a triangle of health. It's part of a company I'm partnered with. And it's funny that what you said, wild blueberries, like we have 22 antioxidant superfoods and just one little pouch. And you know, it's bioavailable liquid. We have nitric oxide. That's another thing that helps with gut absorption, uh, nutrient absorption. And then we also have our high omega threes, wild Alaskan sockeye salmon with focus trienals, the best source of vitamin E we can actually assimilate. Right. Um, and because tocopherols will actually inhibit some, some even are made from gluten form. So that's where it's like, we have to know our vitamin E sources. With that being said, I've been on that. And that has been what has kept my hormones incredible. Um, however, there's just some things that your body after pregnancy completely dump, especially progesterone. So with that being said, there's, you know, we have our inflammation programs that we are not our inflammation. We decrease inflammation, but the, the foods that we definitely follow, um, the last, I would say few months, there's been this up and down, up and down. And I'm wondering, because like you had mentioned the whole stress aspect 
as women, I know that our whole lives have just changed, right? We have this brand new bundle of joy with a little backpack full of joy, but it's not about you anymore. You know, it's about baby first and then you. How, what, what type of advice would you give to someone looking to help with that fluctuation of hormones? Because one day you feel like you're on top of the moon and then the next day, you know, you might feel like you're not even while on supplementation and taking the right nutrition steps and, and whatnot. So nutrition supplements definitely play a large role. And I think the advice I would give, I'm not a mom, so I really can't speak on it to, to a certain extent, but still finding little moments and time to put towards yourself, even if it's 30 seconds or a couple minutes, just to prioritize your own mental health, to get outside in nature and, you know, get some sunlight, whatever you feel like you can do that bring, that brings you happiness outside of, because of course your child makes you happy too, but what else can you find in life to also bring up that happiness and, you know, get those neurotransmitters and everything boosted as well. Cause that all kind of goes back to the stress response and managing stress and becoming resilient in, even in the face of stressful situations. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, a lot of the times what I have realized is I know that you're not a, you're not a mom yet, but it's all within us, right? We have that natural nurturing ability and it's just, it's there, right? So the, the come out process of some, a lot of women have this idea about their birth plan and their birth story, you know, and a lot of the times we don't get it and it's not as beautiful as we thought it was going to be, Right. Um, and that had a huge role into, you know, where I was going. I encapsulated my placenta. I know that was a big thing um, that helped with my hormones and lactation to be basically with all the iron and nutrients that was supporting the baby it gave me back, you know, a little bit of that. However, what I will say is if my nutrition and my circle of people, the right people, <laughs> weren't around, I was spiraling fast because I didn't get the birth story or the birth plan that I was hoping for. I mean, I had practiced for months to get that birth. I was doing hypnobirthing to naturally birth my child. I went to a checkup and then within an hour I was being rushed to labor and delivery. As soon as I got there, 10 minutes or pulling the baby out, didn't even get induction or anything like that. So it's like that mental component of like, you're, you didn't even get to like mentally prepare to have this baby it and I look back that I'm so grateful but I look back and I look at now like I couldn't even imagine if my nutrition was off like what would that look like right and um when you're working with women in that space um do you specifically recommend like a certain supplement or do you just recommend you know doing daily things still to keep stress down like what is your what would your number one thing be for for that I think it's tricky with, with saying certain supplements, cause we're all so unique. And so when someone comes to me struggling with various hormone imbalances or mental health struggles or gut struggle, anything, I really value lab data and it's only one piece of the puzzle, but it can be extremely insightful in filling in gaps and confirming what, what you weren't sure about, and even shedding light on things you, you wouldn't have known otherwise. And that way you can target certain supplements to meet the nutritional needs that your body is showing you that maybe you're not quite up to par with. And a lot of B vitamins are really helpful too. You know, we need B vitamins for detoxification, for energy production and mental health. And um, 
so many different things. So B vitamins are another one of my top favorites along with omega-3s. Also love magnesium. Magnesium mm. might be one to consider if you are struggling with anything mental health or hormone related because it acts as a calming agent. It's like a muscle relaxant in a way, you know, not, not really to that extent, but it can calm the nervous system. It can help relax stiff, tight, sore muscles, muscle spasms and stuff like that. It also helps with detoxification and is also, it's critical for pretty much, well, it's critical for so many different nutrients as well. And so it helps sleep. It helps mental health. I personally have seen success using it with anxiety and insomnia. So that might help. I love this. And this, you guys, isn't just for, for uh, postpartum. This is for women in general. You know, as women, I feel like our hormones are so fragile, you know, and I think that one little thing could literally knock us off our balancer, right? Or our scale, if you will. And that's where making these right decisions, like Miss Lane had spoke about earlier, is doing the right things now without supplementation, getting fresh air, you know, even like water, like that, that sounds like probably one of the top one, if not two things that we've talked about after bringing that topic up. So I'm glad that we did. Um, and then just doing you guys, I took tons of notes on this. So just really, if you guys need to listen back and just <laughs> rewind, take those notes, we're going to link all of Lane's info here for you guys. So that way, if you guys want to get a hold of her, uh, but where can people reach out to schedule an appointment, a consult? Definitely. So on Instagram is, or TikTok, I'm actually in the TikTok world these days, never would have thought it, but here we are, um, <laughs> is my handle is at Lane underscore Van Leesthout. So that's L-A-Y-N-E underscore V-A-N-L-I-E-S-H-O-U-T. And so you'll find me there. There's a link in my bio that'll actually take you uh, to the application form for a free strategy session. So we'll do a quick little call, get to know each other, see what's going on with your health and what I think the next best steps are. Uh, my website is lvwellnessconsulting.com. And I've actually created a resource recently that all the listeners can go download for free right now that talks about gut health and some of the top things to start avoiding or reducing in your life and then some other action steps you can start taking to improve that gut health i love it well we will definitely have you back on another episode i i feel like we're just scratching the surface of what there is for you to share on so it was such an honor having you and i'm looking forward to having you back you guys go check her out l-a-y-n-e underscore v-a-n-l-i-e-s-h-o-u-t and this is on tiktok correct TikTok and Instagram. And Instagram. You guys check her out. She's the real deal. It was amazing having you on and we will see you back. Thank you so much. I enjoyed talking.